Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast and we're following on from the second one day international between Bangladesh and England in Murpur, a game which England won pretty easily in the end, winning by 132 runs. Uh, they were put into bat by Bangladesh who won the toss, but England posted 326 for seven from their 50 overs. Jason Roytop scoring with 132 from 124. Joss Butler adding 76 from 64. And Moen Ali, 42 from 35 late on. Sam Curran also chipping in with a very good 33 from 19. In reply, Bangladesh needed to get off to a good start. And they didn't. Lytton Das uh, caught by Jason Roy off the bowling of uh, Sam Curran in the first over of the match. It was his first ball. That was one for one. It got doubly worse when Shanto was caught behind off the very next delivery. So two first ballers in a row. Uh, Mushfikur managed to avoid the hat-trick but didn't last much longer. He was out for four with the score on nine. So nine for three in the third over and realistically... All hope was gone for Bangladesh. Shakib Al-Hassan made 58. Mamadullah, 32. Afif, 23. Tamim uh, Iqbal, the uh, skipper, made 35. But not enough as England ran through, bowling them out for 194 in 44 overs and four balls. So England win by 132 runs and go 2-0 up in this three-match series. So we'll be taking the silverware home with them. I'm Andrew McKenna. Alongside me are the former England spinner Monty Panasar and the former England seamer Stuart Meeker. Uh, gentlemen, let's go back and uh, just... Uh, actually, before we, we get stuck into to the whole thing, just give me your overview on that uh, game. Stuart, let, let's start with you. England marks out a 10. I mean, a good few, I would imagine, from that. Pretty much everything worked out in their favour. Yeah, England just 
too good all round, in, in in my honest opinion. That they they started off a little bit slow. You got their found their feet with the bat, uh, and then really motored on through. Scored well above average on this ground. The three hundred was it three hundred twenty seven that they ended up on, which normally normally a pass score was around you say two fifty. So well well ahead of the rate, and then Bangladesh just never looked like they were getting started. Started off perfectly with Sammy Curran blasting away the top order, and from there it was pretty much a, a foregone conclusion as to what was going to happen for the rest of the game. So marks out of 10, I'm giving them a, a good solid 9 for that. Um, at the toss, it was um, Bangladesh who won and put England in. And Josh Butler seemed a little bit surprised at that Monty Panasar. In fact, he actually then said, well, we would have batted had we excuse me, uh, won the toss as well. So it sort of played into to England's hands. Jason Roy, for anyone who wasn't up in the early hours of the morning uh, with us, they're going to see 132 from 124 balls. But actually, early doors, it was pretty scratchy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. But I think the way Jason Roy batted earlier earlier against the spinners is in, in particular because Bangladesh have always obviously had a game plan against him, bring on the left-arm spin early, get him out. He looks to play the big shot, just plants his foot down the middle of the wicket and, and, and trying to sort of hit some boundaries. But this time round, he played a much more mature innings and uh, you can see how he obviously knows the importance uh, of, of how for him to adapt in these conditions going to be absolutely vital. But I, what was really impressive was how he kind of like, you know, managed to just knock around the spinners, put the bad ball away and, you know, he got to 50, but he wasn't playing anything sort of high risk shots. And then later down when he got to close to 100, he really accelerated. And after 100, he was just like stand and deliver. And it was a brilliant, brilliant performance for, from him. Um, Stuart, we spoke in the following on podcast after the first game where Jason didn't have a great time. Uh, he made four from six balls. He was out to the final ball of the, the first over. And we had the discussion about, well, you know, the World Cup's coming up. He's in the subcontinent. Spin. Could that be an issue for him? Well, he's now gone out today and made 132. So has that debate now ended as far as you're concerned? Or is, is the, the depth of the players available to England mean that there's always a discussion about basically any player at the moment because there's, there's pretty much two players for every single spot. Well, I think it's a good problem to have if you're an England coach, an England selector, etc., etc. Personally, I always would never, I would never question whether Jay Roy should be involved in the side. He's the kind of player that can take any attack in the world apart on his day, and I would always prefer to have a person like that in my side. Now, obviously, yes, there have been questions over his form and so on and so forth, and. Innings like this, you know, when you're having those those poor runs of form and people start asking questions, are like gold dust because it just reminds everyone what kind of player you are, and the, and just reminds everyone that you're still you're still around, you're still able to score these runs, you're still able to uh, put in match-winning performances. Now, in between, he might have another little poor run of form, but if he didn't have innings like this then there would probably be no question as to whether they should give someone else a chance. But that's a huge call if you're a selector before a big World Cup out in India. You want your big-name players, someone like Joss, who's got all his other players around him. There's you know, there's que- queries o- over whether Johnny Berso is able to get back and fit in time and not only get back fit but in firing form. So you know, I think this would be a huge, huge relief for him, obviously, personally, and a huge relief for the selectors and the captain because... They now know that it does just quieten down those questions a little bit up until and 
you know, with this build-up up until the World Cup. And the other point is, we talk about the, the, the amount of players that are available, but you just mentioned Johnny Vesto hasn't played a game of cricket since last summer with, with the ankle break. And potentially the only other person who could come in if you were looking for a like-for-like replacement is Alex Hales. And Alex Hales at the moment, although he's, he's if you like, broken the ceiling and, and come back in and, and played a game in recent times, he's not part of this squad. You know, England have got players flying here, there and everywhere at the moment. But for this squad, Alex Hales isn't being considered. So that kind of really tells you that he's not really on the radar. Therefore, Jason, all things considered, is probably, you would imagine, pretty much okay. Yeah, but I guess it's the question of what they do when, say, your your Joe Roots and your Ben Stokes come back. You know, if Joe Joe Root comes back, do they push Milan up the order, which then only means that one space is available. So that question then still remains of who's performing right up into the build-up. I think there's still obviously quite a long time to go. I know that from the fact that he was part of an England World Cup winning side, he's a big occasion player, it focuses his mind, and he he did exactly that during that last World Cup. I would always have him in my side. But there are obviously options in case that doesn't come to fruition. Now, this innings is hopefully, like I said, just quietened down those doubts a little bit and gives him a little bit of relief to be able to focus on going on and, and kicking on from here rather than worrying about his place because it's a very different mindset that so yeah there's there's options and that's a great problem to have from a selection point of view i would say monty in terms of england i mean they've put 326 on the board here uh, and as we keep saying you know the average first innings score is is sort of the 230 region so that there were 90 over par uh, in this um, they've now taken this series 2-0 and it means it's bangladesh's first home loss since England beat them back in 2016-2017 that's a run of eight, uh, eight unbeaten series between these two so in terms of England's preparing for a subcontinental World Cup they've gone out and scored heavily over par and then done the job with the ball as well in, in terms of what you've seen today of where they would want to be uh, running into a World Cup how impressed are you with this England group? Yeah, very impressed actually and uh, I think what England need to do is not look at what the pass score each ground is because they set their own benchmark that's how good the talent is in this uh, England team right now and um, you know we, we were talking about with Jason Roy should he be in the team or not I think you know he needs that sort of you know if you can produce one one game out of five where he you know can can produce a match winning performance like today yeah he justifies his selection but because there's so much uh, talent and so many places up for grab that when we get closer to the World Cup, there's going to be players who, who are in form, who are out of form. So when we get closer to that time, sort of September, then we'll know, like, right, who, which is England's best 15. But Jason Roy, he's got to, like, just keep going like this. And I think he, he shouldn't think about what the media is saying. Just focus on his game. And again, you know, looking back at the spinners as well with Adil Rashid, I think he's a better option when he's the attacking bowler, bowls it slowly, go and go and look to take the wickets. Don't worry about going for runs. I think that's you use Adil Rashid much better in that sort of frame of mind. And then, you know, having Moen Ali and another third spinner, either Liam Livingston or possibly Will Jacks, I think that kind of like has a really good balance to the side especially in India where spin is going to play a huge part and let's not forget the pace they've got Mark Wood they've got Joffre Archer coming in Sam Curran who's in been you know fantastic form so you look at England they are the team I think where all the other sort of 
in the world are looking at, and especially with the IPL coming round the corner, it's just the perfect preparation platform for England to really think, right, how do we get the best out of our players in Indian conditions and which uh, stadiums and pitches are going to suit certain sort of players as well. So England, I think, are just brilliant at planning the preparation, the way they put everything together, the the strategy, they they made it. There was a clear plan that they're not going to give their wickets away to the spinners today, and the way they, they utilize the reverse sweep, punching down the wicket, that set up the game. That was where the game was won, in my opinion, for for England. And then after that, Bangladesh were playing catch up. They had to go to their plan B, which was for the seamers to take wickets. Which that's not the way they sort of win games in Bangladesh. You wanted to come in on this one, Stuart? Well, I was, uh, just you know, forgetting the World Cup build-up for, for a second here, obviously, you know, that's going to dominate a lot of the post-match analysis, etc., etc. And just focusing on the fact that, you know, the confidence England can take away from just beating Bangladesh in a series in their own turf that they haven't lost in the last, was it, seven years or seven, se- seven series. They've beaten India at home. They've beaten all these other big names at home. England haven't even got their full strength side out for this game. They're also trialing and giving a few guys, that, you know, bleeding them into the side. And they've just beaten a side that is obviously in, in a very good run of form domestically. So they can take so much confidence from this. And it's a great sign for English cricket or white ball cricket that there is so much depth. There is so many people stepping up to the plate and, and putting their name to the hat. And just in this series it's a great confidence boost in Asian conditions to have before a World Cup you know I know it's this is going to be a lot of what their focus is on but this in and of itself is a, is a very good boost for England in terms of the bowling performance I mean two names stand out from the bowling performance two fourfers four for 29 for Sam Curran who opened things up and two wickets in two balls right at the top of it completely uh, blew it away and then Adil Rashid 4 for 45 coming on fourth change I don't imagine Adil Rashid's been fourth change too often in his, his bowling career at uh, 10 overs 4 for 45 actually there might uh, just something come into my head there might be a reason for it um, I don't know how much build up and practice he actually did yesterday coming into this game because he was actually giving evidence in the Azim Rafiq case via video link so I, I know he was certainly involved in that for, for you know, a good hour or so or maybe a couple of hours. So that might be actually that he didn't get to do a great deal of practice yesterday. But I suppose when you've got as many wickets as he has, he's now the third highest uh, wicket taker for England in one day international cricket. He knows his game by now, Monty. He knows what he's trying to do. And he, he just looks so... Well, he is such a key part of this England setup. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's been... You know, just a revelation, to be honest, over the last few years for English cricket. And Owen Morgan kind of got the best out of him and made him into this attacking spinner. And I think Joss Butler's just enhancing that. You know, today the wicket when he took of uh, Sakhavil Usain was was exactly, you know, what you want from him. The key player of any team, you get Adil Rashid on and you say, go on, give it air and just try and get him to hit you out of the ground and get his wicket. And that's what he did today. And I think that's what Adil Rashid finds he finds easier being that person. You know, being the sort of guy, oh, I'm the guy who's going to bowl my turnovers to take wickets rather than look to contain and then take wicket. I just don't think that kind of really uh, gives so much clarity to Adil Rashid. So, you know, he should be going out there, just keep performing like this. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And uh, like we said, he was the only spinner in that top 10 list. 
um, of, of, of the most sort of ODI wickets for England. You know, to get to Goffey, that's a, quite a far away at the moment. But, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant for English cricket and also for spinners as well. But just the way he's bowling spin, I, I think he's been brilliant. And, and also, Joss Butler, let's, let's not forget the way he plans and he thinks ahead. Getting Will Jacks to bowl early just to see what he's like. We don't. What, what is Will Jacks like in ODI cricket? We don't know. Let's have a look at him because Bangladesh are under pressure, two left-handers, and this is a sort of fine detail planning this England side go. Every little opportunity, wherever they want to have a look at a certain player, they go and grab it and, and they have a look at it. You just mentioned Will Jacks. You've had a good close look at him today. What do you make of it? Because it would be easy to think, well, he's a batsman who bowls a bit. I mean, to my untrained eye, he's a bit more than that. The, the, the one that he's got to eradicate is the drag down because there is the, the odd one of those too many. But actually, when he gets it right, he gives, doesn't half give it a rip, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he was the most threatening, obviously, between him and Moeen Ali. But Moeen Ali's a bit more smarter. He knows how to get wickets in ODI cricket. But you can see the shape on this delivery. And, and like I said earlier, it's, it's his mindset. What he wants to do, he wants to give it air. He wants to uh, turn the ball. He, he's not too afraid of being hit out of the ground. And he's got to go with that attitude because that, that is in a very attacking mindset. And, and it suits this England setup right now. Being attacking in his batting, even with his bowling. And he gives a lot of, uh, you know, as, as a captain, you, you're bowling in front of Moen Ali and Odo Rashid. So saying to Joss, Joss Butler, so to him is feeling that, yeah, in this England camp, they want me to improve my bowling. They want me to, um, you know, in the future at some point, Moen Ali, you know, will probably have to retire. And Will Jacks is his perfect replacement. Absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, lot of options around this, this England group at the moment. And uh, they managed to, uh, to do their business today. And very impressive it was. It now means England are two up with one to play now we know the whole mentality is you don't give caps away for nothing but it is a busy time it is a chance to look at some other options England have Tom Abel the uh, the Somerset man uh, with them in the squad Rayan Ahmed got some time as 12th man uh, today we would assume that Joffre Archer comes back into the, uh, the the side having played in the first game rested today and they've also got Reese Topley. Um, I mean, blimey, Stuart. <laughs> you really can perm together. And Chris Wokes sat out this one as well. It, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure where England go. Go on Monday for this game now because you don't want to give any momentum away. You don't want to give any sort of cheap outcomes away. But there is a sense that, well, you've, you've taken Reese Topley all that way, give him a run out. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're head coach, if you're Matthew Mott all of a sudden, you're sitting down with Joss Butler tonight on the bus back. Um, what are you thinking in terms of what team you're putting out? No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of giving guys a go. You know, I, there's also a bigger picture to this as well in terms of, yes, they've brought guys along and they probably haven't had as much time as they wanted to. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Ren Ahmed there tomorrow's or not tomorrow's game the next game might be a perfect opportunity to give him a chance and the reason for that is come the uh the world cup touring out there if for whatever happens someone gets injured or on the main stage goes breaks down it's just that little bit more experience at the top level that he's gotten going into that whole series or going into that whole tournament that just calms his nerves it gets him a, you know, maybe a performance here and there 
that makes him a little bit more comfortable because in big tournaments, little things like that make the world of difference when it comes to the later stages. If you're having to do that with Ryan Ahmed halfway through a World Cup, well, I mean, that's a very daunting experience to have to go through at such a young age. And not only that, if you look at this World Cup, you look at the ages of some of the players in this England side right now, this could be, well, probably likely for a few of them, their last big tournament, last big series. And any opportunities you have as a coach to be able to give guys a chance at the top level and bleeding, sort of giving them some time, uh, you know, in and around the, the, the sort of top international sort of level are worth gold dust because at some stage some of those guys are going to go, they're going to move on, they're maybe going to go become T20 mercenaries and prolong their career from that regard. And then you might be left with a whole brand new team that haven't got much experience and you've got to start from scratch all over again. So give them a chance, give them a go, give them some, uh, some time out in the middle. Um, you know, these guys, will, you know, they've played enough cricket to, to not have to worry about whether they play the next game. Yes, you might say, well, it's giving a cap away, but, you know, those, those old days are gone. I think international cricket is much more about a squad side, squad experience, and it's all about um, keeping sort of that, that whole mindset going all the way through. It won't surprise anyone to know that Jason Roy was named as the player of the match after making 132 from 124 balls. And at the post-match presentation ceremony, he spoke with Shamim Chowdhury. Similar kind of thing uh, when I talked to David Milan therefore yesterday is that you're not a stranger to these conditions. That seemed to help your cause. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time playing, um, playing a lot of cricket in the subcontinent, you know, when I was younger, doing a lot of training camps. So uh, today I had to dig deep with, uh, with those skills um, and put it on the field. And it's a matter of adjusting to the nature of the wicket. You did, did take a bit of time to settle down. Then once you started playing the shot, there's no yeah. pulling you back. Well, no, that was it. I needed to give myself an opportunity today. You know, I think first game... A um, bit of a rush of blood, played a pretty poor shot against the spin. Um, and today I wanted to make sure I batted time and, and gave myself the best opportunities to score runs and get a good score on the board for the team. Yes, and you had that support that you needed. I'm, I'm at over 300 runs is a wonderful total to post. What, what seemed to be not a very friendly batting track. It was a good effort. Yeah, mate, unbelievable effort. I think with Joss coming in and playing the way he plays, you know, um, rotating the strike, we rotated the strike really well together. Um, and then, obviously, his innings was was very good. And then Mo, Mo and Ali's knock and, and Sam Curran's knock. Both of the, all three of those guys coming in and scoring as freely as they scored was was a, was an incredible effort. I think it showed a very um, high skill. Those three allowed you to play your kind of natural game and didn't really put any pressure as you progressed into your century. Yes, sir, I could just Must have been pretty happy with yeah, that. No, very happy. Very, very happy. Thank you. Well, well Antole, we hope it uh, goes well for the future. Thank you, thank you, you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Jason Roy speaking with Shamim Chowdhury at the post-match presentation ceremony. So, uh, Jason Roy admitted that he was very, very happy. I imagine Joss Butler was also very, very happy when he spoke with Shamim shortly afterwards. Congratulations, Joss. Uh, you've taken uh, an assailable to nil lead, and that is a very comfortable position to be in. We talked the last time that you said that you were you know, a little apprehensive of the conditions of the strength of the Bangladesh team, but today you were very emphatic. Yeah, we were. Uh, that was a fantastic series win um, you know, to go 2 nil up. And as you mentioned, you know, Bangladesh, a formidable team um, at, uh, at home. So um, you know, we're delighted to get the, the series win. Um, you know, we spoke about uh, ways we could improve from the, from the last match. And I thought uh, we really did that today. I thought Jason Roy uh, led that fantastically well with the batting. Guys chipped in around him and then a fantastic start with the ball. 
not only with the ball, with the bat. And whenever you get an all-round performance like that, it really lifts your spirits for the remainder. You said prior to coming here that this would be a part of your preparation for the World Cup, which is not too far away in the similar conditions. But this must have gone a long way to bolster that, that momentum. Absolutely. Um, you know, as, as spoken about, these are probably the conditions we would find the hardest as a team. And, uh, you know, so to play like we did today and is a fantastic achievement. Um, you know, I think you know, from 1 to 11, the, the guys stood up and you know, I thought our standard and the intensity we played the game at was, was much higher than the first game. And, and that's what we strive to get to. And you're not going to relax when you move uh, to a different venue, different ground conditions you'll and that'll help your cause, won't it, in that preparation that you're talking about when you go to Chattogram? Absolutely. You know, we've talked a lot in the dressing room about adapting to conditions and being a team that can play in a variety of ways. Uh, when we turn up at, at Chittagong, we're going to have to you know, assess the conditions and play accordingly. And um, you know, there's lots of guys putting their hand up and, and putting up great performances, which is fantastic for the team. Keep on doing that. It was a very convincing performance today. We hope you carry on the good work. Thanks for talking Thank to you. us. Thank you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Joss Butler speaking with uh, Shamim Chowdhury at the post-match presentation. Yep, everyone uh, moves about 250 kilometres uh, southeast for uh, the uh, next game on uh, Monday. Um, some quick thoughts on Bangladesh, boys. We've concentrated, obviously, quite a lot on England here uh, for obvious reasons. But um, they, they were a, a real tough nuts in the first game. Today didn't really feel the same. Sloppy in the fields, heavy-legged in the fields... 
and then some sloppy shots and got themselves in a few problems. I feel a bit, a bit it's, it almost seems a bit churlish because England was so good today, but I feel a bit disappointed in what Bangladesh served us up today, if I'm honest, boys. Yeah, I think they must be disappointed as well, especially um, being so dominant at home that finally when they played England after 2016, they've kind of lost uh, the series. But the way they lost the series, you know, it felt like they gave up very early and it showed in the field. It showed in, you know, if they couldn't take wickets against spin, what were the other options? And they kind of ran out of options. And I felt like even the seamers, they were bowling too many slower balls, not really bowling the sort of heavy lengths that were, uh, you know, much more sort of, you know, getting more out of the pitch. So I think they need to regroup very quickly and, and, and work out how do we get wickets when England play the reverse sweep? They didn't really have a, any answer to that. And then also they need to just sort of, you know, be very proactive when they're batting. If the ball is swinging, if they're doing something, communicate with your batsman, work out, you know, what's a high risk shot. You know, their feet were planted in the crease, just the bat sort of fading away. And next thing you know, three wickets were down. They were behind the uh, eight game. So, you know, the next one day, they've got to learn very quickly because if they keep playing like this, you know, it's not, I, I just think for Bangladesh, if they want to you know, be competitive, like we say, in, in, in eight to nine months' time, they need to be a much more sort of, you know, not a reactive side, but actually work out what the conditions are and quickly be on it. Like England. England, you know, they're just so dominant and it's just great to see that. You know, next game, they, they've got so much option. They may, Adil Rashid may just sort of not play and give Rian Ahmed a go. So, you know, there's so many options, but I think Bangladesh really need to sort of, you know, um, uh, assess the conditions quickly and uh, not be so reactive but be proactive. So we were pretty disappointed with the Bangladeshi performance today. What about the captain, Sami Mikbal? He spoke with Shamim Chowdhury. Well, understandably, very disappointing performance. You really look to come back in this game but just didn't click with the ball or the bat. No, no. I think uh, I think I was a bit dif- uh, disappointed with the way we started with the ball. Uh, I thought uh, there was a little bit of help uh, for the spinners for sure. I think I was uh, a bit disappointed with the way we uh, bowled the first four or five overs. Um, and then we had an opportunity uh, to bring them down, uh, missed a run out, which also was very, very important. But uh, yeah, I think uh, they batted well. Roy batted uh, exceptionally well. Butler batted as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, disappointed obviously to lose a series after 2016. Yeah, the thought process that went through after winning the toss, a different decision taken today to bowl first. Of course, it didn't work out. But of course, the intentions were there. You did say you didn't bowl well. Any other areas, do you feel that the, the support from the field was there or it was rather lacking? As I said, you know, uh, uh, when you lose a game and you, when you lose a game like this, uh, you can point a lot of fingers uh, at uh, a lot of people. But uh, I'm not that kind of a person who will do that. I think we didn't do well as a team. And that's why we lost. And I think uh, it should not go to any individual, any particular bowler. We just didn't click as a team. And that is the most important thing. Absolutely. It's a generally a bad day at the office. Yeah. And it comes with a game of cricket, understandably. But uh, the, the fight back, even in the batting department, you and Shakib built up that partnership, looking to go well. You feel, felt that you're obviously under duress with the scoreboard pressure. So you couldn't really play with the natural flair that we see you guys playing. So when you lose a, almost three wickets in first yeah. two, three overs, then it becomes very difficult. 
myself and Saikib gave uh, us a little bit of time, uh, but when you're chasing 326, uh, sometime or the other time you have to go. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my, didn't sh my shot didn't came through today, but uh, I thought that was the right time to take a risk. Uh, if that pays off, and then we could have thought a different way, but when you're chasing 326, someone has to take a chance. Absolutely, and you know, it's understandable. It's no use dying wandering. You've got to make an effort, which you and Shakib both did. Good thing you tried, and uh, th that is important. You didn't give up. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, even when we were three down, uh, uh, I think uh, the intent that Shakib showed was good, and I thought that uh, we have taken the time, and uh, this is the time to start uh, looking for runs. Uh, and um, uh, unfortunately, as I said, that uh, it didn't work out today. Well, for the third ODI change of venues, hopefully a change of fortune for you guys. Well, definitely. You know, uh, we would like to finish the uh, series on a high. Uh, uh, it's very disappointing that we lost the series. But uh, also credit must go to England the way they played. Well, bad luck today. Best of luck for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tammy Mikdal speaking with Shamim Chowdhury at the post-match presentation. So we will be back 5.30 Monday morning. Chettergram is the venue for the final one-day international of this three-match series. Can England close it out? A 3-0 win. It would be a really impressive performance if they uh, do. Join us. Toss 5.30 Monday morning. Every ball exclusively live here on TalkSport 2. You've been listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winners Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 